Chapter 6 of Fairy Tales from Gold Lands. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Declan McGoran. Fairy Tales from Gold Lands by May Wentworth. Chapter 6. The Strong Man of Santa Barbara Many years ago, in the old Spanish mission of Santa Barbara, lived an old Mexican named Jose Silva, with his wife and child, in a little adobe house containing but one room. There was a small window, rudely latticed with unplaned lathes, and a door opening upon a pleasant view of the golden sanded beach and the restless waves of the ocean. At that time, the Spaniards, Mexicans, and Indians were the only inhabitants of the country. Over these people, the Padres, who established the mission, had acquired a most unlimited sway, ruling them more completely than even the Pope, his subjects of the Holy See of Rome. The Mexicans are an indolent race. The luxurious climate of Santa Barbara is not favourable to the development of latent energy in any people, least of all to the inert Mexicans. Yet the Padres, by awakening their superstitious fears, made them work until the wilderness became a vineyard and the golden orange glowed among the leaves of the fragrant trees. Poor Jose disliked any exertion, and, if left to his own inclination, would have lived on the spontaneous productions of that almost tropical climate, and been happy after his oyster fashion. Often he obeyed, very reluctantly, those whom he thought had power, not only over the body, but could doom his soul to unnumbered years of suffering in the fearful fires of purgatory. The Padres lived in great ease and comfort, though so far from the elegances of the great world, their own ingenuity and the rapid growth of the country furnished them with many luxuries. Their quaint adobe houses were very pleasant, built after the Spanish style, in the form of a square with an open court in the centre. Beautiful gardens flourished around them, in which grew the fragrant citron, the lemon with its shining leaves, and nearly all the rare fruits and flowers of the tropics. For some years, Hosa laboured in the vineyards and gardens, but the ambitious padres were planning a greater work. A new church was to be built and elaborately ornamented. A convent and college was planned, extensive grounds to be laid out and cultivated, and all to be surrounded by the enduring adobe wall of mud and stones. One evening, after a weary day in the vineyard, just as Jose was about starting for home, Padre Antonio called him. On the morrow, he said, we will begin to lay the foundation of the new church, the Grand San Pedro. 
you shall be permitted to aid in this blessed work by carrying stones and mortar for which great mercy thank the Holy Mother and all the saints, especially the saint Blessed San Pedro, who is the patron saint of this great enterprise. Then the Padre blessed him and wandered off into the delicious shade of the garden. In the gathering gloom of the twilight, Hosa returned to his cottage, more disheartened than ever wondering how much more torturing the fires of purgatory could be than carrying stones under the burning sun of Santa Barbara. As he approached his cottage, he saw his wife sitting before the door with the stranger, both smoking with the greatest apparent enjoyment. His son and a large dog were rolling on the soft earth near them, raising a cloud of dust and making a great noise which seemed to disturb no one and to afford them much pleasure. When Hosa came up, his wife introduced the stranger as his old playmate and her brother Shkio, who many years before had gone away and until that evening had never been heard from. Hosa welcomed his old friend in the cordial Spanish way, placing his house at his disposal. For a short time, as in pleasant memories of their boyhood, he forgot the weary present. After they had eaten their frugal supper and were again seated in the vine-clad doorway, Hosa looked out upon the great ocean, dusky with the shadows of evening, growing sad and silent. What ails thee, brother? said Schio, in his clear ringing voice that sounded like the strong notes of a clarionet. You are changed, you are growing old, but see me, I am as young in heart as your boy and strong as a bullock. He lifted a great stone that lay near him and held it at arm's length, laughing loudly till the caves of the ocean sent back a hundred echoes. With many sighs, Hosa told the story of his troubles, how for years, till his back had grown old and stiff, he had worked in the vineyard of the Padre, but the purple harvest had brought no blessing to him. How a harder task was to be laid upon him, he was to hew and carry the heavy foundation stones of the grand San Pedro, and even at the thought of so great labour, the beaded sweat rolled down his forehead. His sympathising wife sobbed aloud, but the brother only laughed, till again he woke the mysterious voices of the ocean caves. Half angry, Hosa turned to Schio, saying, "'Tis all very well for you, Schio, to laugh, you who roam at will in the cool of the evening and rest in the delightful shade while the scorching sunshine is burning my life out. Poor Hosa buried his face in his hands and sighed wearily. "'Cheer up, brother,' said Schio pleasantly. "'Listen to me.' Go in the morning to Padre Antonio and tell him you are getting old and feeble and cannot work through the heat of the day. But if he will appoint your task, you will accomplish it after the burning sun has gone down. 
tell him, if you carry those large stones in the day, your life will be consumed like the burning candles before the altar, but that in the cool of the evening your strength returns as in the days of youth. And what then? said Hosa wearily. I will see that the morning finds your task accomplished, replied Schio. That night Hosa dreamed that his tasks were ended, and that all day long he luxuriated in most delicious ease under the shade of olive trees, and when he woke his heart grew sad that it was only a dream. He rose in haste to go to his task, for he had overslept himself. Then he thought of Scio's advice. I will do as he told me, though I fear it will do no good, thought he. I can but fail, and who knows what may come. Scio is such a strange fellow. When he's talking, it seems as though a hundred voices rung changes on his words. God grant he's not in league with the devil. Hosa crossed himself and muttered prayers most devoutly until he reached the house of Padre Antonio. After he had told the Padre all Schio had directed, his task was appointed and he returned home, all day long resting in the shade of his favourite lime tree, smoking his cigarettes, and was happy as only a careless, indolent Mexican could be, enjoying the luxury of complete repose. Toward evening, he began to be a little uneasy, but with the dewy twilight came Scio, waking the mysterious echoes with his ringing laughter, and, as the darkness deepened, he placed a lantern in Hosa's hand, saying, now, brother, we will go to the task you complain of so bitterly. Silently they pursued their way, until they arrived at the huge pile upon which the padre had appointed Hosa to begin his work. Many days would have passed before he could have hewn the rock as the padre desired, but... With one blow of an immense drill in Scio's powerful hand, the rock was cleft in twain. As he reduced it to its proper size and shape, Hosa stood by, trembling with fear, then pointed out the chosen spot, and, in silence and darkness, the first stone of the Grand San Pedro was laid. When the full moon arose, clear and bright, shedding its floods of golden light over the mission of Santa Barbara, and the blue waves that washed its sanded shore, the labourers had gone, Hosa to sleep peacefully in his little cottage, and Scio down to the echoing caverns by the sounding sea. Morning came, gorgeous with sunshine and beauty, and the padre walked out to inspect the site of his ambitious dreams. He was an avaricious and unscrupulous man. In building this new church, he hoped to erect a tower of strength and greatness for himself, more than an edifice in which to worship the Blessed Christ, the Immaculate Virgin, and the Holy Saints. 
When he saw the huge foundation stone that Scio had laid, he was greatly amazed. Even the hewing of it he knew to be the work of days, and there it was, cleanly cleft and in its proper place. There is a mystery here, he said. The people will believe it a miracle, be it as it will. I must make the most of it. He called Hosa, who came to him smiling and happy. You have done well for the beginning, said the padre, but tonight you must lay two stones like this. Holy San Pedro, help me, exclaimed Hosa. It is impossible, and he turned away very sorrowful. At night he told Schio what the padre had said. Schio frowned and answered, the padre should not ask too much, but this shall be as he desires. Again they went out in the twilight, and before the rising of the golden moon, two more foundation stones were laid. At daybreak the padre arose and hastened to see if the task had been accomplished, and before his wondering eyes lay the three immense foundation stones smooth and in their proper places. Holy Virgin! I will give him enough tonight, exclaimed the amazed Padre, and again the task was doubled. Thus it went on, night after night and week after week, till the grand San Pedro began to rise up like Aladdin's wonderful palace. But Schio, the man of iron, grew very angry as the full moon arose upon him, bending over his unfinished task. Hosa, said he, the padre may go too far for even Schio to bear. Bid him beware. If the morning sun finds me here, I will not answer for the result. Too much a pressure will burst open the hidden recesses of earth and cause the caverns of ocean to resound with fearful echoes of mystery. Can he think San Pedro will bless avarice and oppression, even in the Padre Antonio? In the morning, Jose went to the Padre and entreated him to lessen the task, but he only laughed and said, You are getting fat and lazy. I will not double your work tonight, but you shall do four times as much as ever, and I will be there to see it accomplished. Hosa departed with a heavy heart, dreading to meet Scio, and when he told him in the evening, he made no reply, but a black frown covered his whole face, and his eyes shot fire. That night the Padre Antonio went out to watch Hosa, and when he saw Scio cleaving the huge stones with one blow of his wonderful drill, he thought he had not imposed task enough, and resolved he would command him to finish the Grand San Pedro in one night. Just after midnight the moon arose, and the startled Hosa heard at every blow of the drill a hundred echoes ring from the ocean caverns. But Scio worked steadily on. Scio, said Hosa suddenly, 
What is it makes these mornings from the sea caves? Boschio only answered by a heavier blow from his hammer, and under their feet the ground shook violently, then opened, and where the grand San Pedro should have stood yawned a great gulf that closed upon the labour of many nights, and with the great foundation stones went down the ambitious padre. The morning sun rose on a scene of great desolation, but only Jose was there, with trembling voice, to tell the tale of Padre Antonio and the Grand San Pedro. When others spoke of the great earthquake, he said, "'Twas all Schio's doings. The padre would never have been satisfied, and the man of iron grew so angry that he struck the great stone from the heart of the mountain, and then the earth shook, opened, and swallowed up the padre Antonio and the grand San Pedro. Schio was never afterwards seen at the mission of Santa Barbara, but often at evening his ringing voice was wafted along the shore from the cave of echoes down by the sea end of chapter 6 a recording by declan mcgoran fairy tales from gold land by may wentworth